All right. Hello and welcome to the Seven Figure Agency podcast. This is part of our agency success series where we're interviewing highly successful digital marketing agencies from across the country on what they're doing to land clients, deliver world-class results, retain clients, and scale their agencies. Today, I'm super excited. We have Austin Irabor with us from NetFly. Um, he is our fastest growing agency in the seven-figure agency community over the last, uh, over the last year. Um, he's had explosive growth. From what I understand, over the last 12 to 24 months, something like from 30 grand to over 340,000 in monthly recurring revenue. Uh, I'm super excited. I hope you guys are excited. Put a dollar sign in the comments if you're excited about this interview with Austin. And uh, Austin, man, thanks so much for being here and congratulations on your success. Oh, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm very excited to share. So I guess the best place to start, just kind of give us the lay of the land for everybody that's listening. Tell us a little bit about your agency and kind of what the business looks like as it sits today. Sure. As it sits today, uh, headcount is 12 people, including myself. Um, we have a client side kind of deliverable team and an organizational side deliverable team. And uh, <clears throat> we focus primarily on PPC and we, we, uh, we make sure that the clients have the operational makeup that is conducive to success around here. It's very important that uh, we don't do any sales. Uh, that's We preface everything with, we're not gonna sell you anything. We are going to show you what we do, who we do it for. And if you and we see a operational lookalike, then it makes sense to have a further conversation. Um, that's helped us very much. It's uh, allowed us to be defined by who gets let in and who we say no to rather than just sheer results across the board for everybody, because that may not be realistic for every uh, agency. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's worked very well. We've been able to take clients that we, that trusted us with smaller dollar amounts, 10,000, $20,000 and scale them up to uh, mid five figures, even six figure advertising budgets and, and things of that nature. So it's been very fruitful. So good. So um, you're serving the, the legal niche predominantly, right? At, at NetFly? Yes. Yeah. All, all uh, legal. Um, we have a personal injury side and then we have basically a non-personal injury side or, or B2C. So that would be immigration, uh, family, DUI, uh, I'm missing one, uh, a little bit of bankruptcy, but we try to stay away from that right now. <clears throat> And uh, that works pretty well. I'm actually removing myself from that situation completely so that that lower dollar amount sales cycle can run without me. And I'm focusing more on A, enterprise level uh, clientele and growing them out and B, implementing visionary, you know, innovative kind of ideas that I think are, are going to help us build a technological moat moving forward and get us to eight figures. So good, man. Congratulations. So, so over 340,000 a monthly recurring, you know, obviously mm -hmm. explosive growth. Uh, take us back a little bit. Like, how did you get in, into the agency space um, and kind of what, what, what did it look like 12 to 24 months ago? Yeah, sure. So uh, how I got into it, uh, I, I won't say that I fell into it. I'll say that I fell back on it. <clears throat> um, I, I played some collegiate rugby and it turned out that my coach was really best friends with a, uh, with a politician in Colorado. So we did a tournament. Uh, I got invited to hang out uh, and I was I was building websites at that time, I guess you could call it a leg legacy agency where I would, you know, host your website, build it for you for like 90 bucks a month. And that kind of, you know, kept my belly full and stuff like that. 
but uh, they were impressed with me. It turned out that I knew, you know, more than anybody else in the room knew. Go figure, a bunch of 60 year old men didn't know anything about marketing. Um, you know, long story short, they trust me with a campaign. Uh, about a year later, I am the digital marketing manager for campaign for governor. So uh, I get to spend, I have, a, I have the advantage of being able to spend lots and lots of somebody else's money very quickly. And I learned a lot and I got to meet a lot of people. Um, and <clears throat> that particular campaign broke a, a record. I can't be, I'm not 100% responsible for that, but it was the most efficient campaign for governor at that time in terms of dollars per uh, dollars per vote, which is cool. Wow. We had some help from like celebrities and stuff like that. But in any case, um, you'd be surprised to learn that working in politics actually sucks. So I was ready to get out of that once that campaign ended. And I came back home and I started working with uh, the, the startup scene out here in uh, SoCal. I'm from here. And that worked pretty well. Um, I helped a company get to the 5,000. I helped uh, another company get to the Forbes 40 under 40 for the CEO. Uh, and then I, I helped a couple of, of brands that you would know or that you would remember that have moved over to China now. Um, so it was really cool. The problem with startups is that no matter what you do, they can run out of money. And that's not my favorite you know, kind of situation. And so you wind up freelancing, moving, moving around. So I said, OK, let me uh, let me figure out what I can do here where I can use my skills. And we've got savvy business owners that just want marketing help. So I chose lawyers that wasn't the best choice because they're not all a bunch of savvy business owners that know that know what they're doing. But in any case, I, I managed to figure it out. Uh, I listened to your book um, while I'm washing my car one day, and I'm like, "This guy kind of knows what he's talking about." Nice. And then washing the car turns into a walk down the you know walk down the street, and then I'm walking to the park, and I just didn't want to stop listening to you. Put you on about double triple speed so I could get back home. And, Let's uh, get like, it going quicker, down. right? Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I was, I was sold and uh, I loved everything about it. I was capped at about 30-ish K, like I uh, could not break 35 K, we'll say. And uh, I knew it was operational and I knew seven-figure agency was probably a good idea. And you had someone follow up with me, which was great because, uh, again, I was all over the place. Uh, and um, yeah, w one thing led to another. I actually wound up in the wrong part of seven figure agency at the beginning. I wound up in like the beginner's zone. The on ramps. Of, yeah. The on ramp yeah. section. It actually turned into a, it was a blessing though, because I learned a lot about the foundational stuff that I'd skipped over originally. And I went mm. back and I, I asked myself the right questions. Thanks to Danny. Thanks to Danny Barrera. And uh, that really helped me hone in on who I wanted to be, who I wanted to serve and what kind of value I bring to the market. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another and we decided to become you know, kind of a solutions oriented situation. And uh, one year later, I'm at over 250. I'm over 250, I think 280 ish by the end of 2022. And that's grown to uh, 349 and change as of today. So good, man. Explosive, explosive growth. So kind of take us back. If you think about like when you were at that 330 range, mm -hmm. there were three challenges you had to solve for. Um, that you were looking to, you know, get some help from seven figure agency and the coaching, like what would those three challenges be that helped kind of accelerate the growth? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, <clears throat> excuse me, um, marketing to the specific people that we wanted to market to was important. Uh, the lawyer base is very varied. So you have everything from solos to people that make $10 million a year, all in the same kind of pool of people. There aren't a lot of people that understand uh, how to reach out to them. 
Um, but one of the coaches at Seven Figure Agency really helped us hone in on our cold email approach. Mm. Um, he gave us kind of a, a head start, and then we took it from there. I guess you could say he gave us a push start, and then that got us off to the races. Um, right. Also, uh, the sales aspect of it, again, another Seven Figure Agency coach. Shout out to Josh Koningsberg, who's been Josh a huge did. help um, in this past year, uh, just with his insight and his tutelage and just the fact that he was so open, even though we're in the exact same niche, and he understood that there's you know, plenty to go around for everybody. So he really sat down with me and trained me up on the proper way to sell to a lawyer where we weren't doing it as efficiently as we could have. Hmm. And what's uh, interesting about that is I would always go for the one call close. And I learned that a two call close was a way better idea where I'm not even involved in the first call. Um, so that's number two. And then <clears throat> number three would actually be, uh, getting specific about our identity. I actually redid the website. Um, I redid our messaging and I changed the way that I spoke to clients and it became a velvet rope situation mm. rather than, you know, we really want to work with you. Let us sell you something. Love it. Love it. Three big shifts, right? Figuring mm -hmm. out how to get the attention of the prospects, whether it was a cool outreach or whatnot, tightening up the sales process so you can get them to really believe in what you were doing and say, yes, and then just being a little bit more decisive on not every attorney is a fit, right? And kind of having that velvet rope policy, powerful, powerful stuff. Um, right. You know, I usually like to talk a little bit about the, the niche selection process and sure. why being in a niche is so powerful. I don't want to spend a ton of time there, but, you know, thinking back, you know, you went from um, politics to yeah. agency to legal specific. How did you yeah. land on the legal niche and kind of what was your process there? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, coming from situations where there was tons of money getting thrown around or not so much money getting thrown around, <clears throat> I wanted something straightforward where there was there was a, a for sure budget in the organization. And I knew that if we could cut into that budget, uh, we could get some wins for him. I believed in my own ability to do whatever, do whatever it was better than their internal people, <laughs> we'll say. So <clears throat> um, I selected law firms, uh, honestly, because uh, I had a short list of, I guess, not dream clients, but ideal types of clients. So I wanted white collar professionals. Um, from my web, web design days, I knew I didn't want uh, landscapers or uh, painters or anything like that. It's just not my vibe. Uh, I think other agencies vibe better with those guys and I vibe better with the white collar guys. <clears throat> um, so it came down to like doctors, uh, specifically plastic surgeons, uh, lawyers, um, things of that nature. I also wanted my clients to have a high ticket sale. So I didn't want clients that did e-commerce or um, they were charging a hundred bucks or 99 bucks for their services. I wanted them to make a big win, a big profit when we got at least one thing right. And so uh, I shortlisted it and flipped a coin. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Landed on legal, went to, went to work. Can you talk, talk to us a little bit about what the package looks like and kind of what you're, I know you're on the higher end of the spectrum, sure. but selling to these attorneys in the different practice areas, like mm -hmm. what does the program look like, you know, from a, from a high level? Yeah, sure. So our, uh, all of our offerings are PPC heavy. So uh, we want clients that are basically already established in their business and, they already have an advertising budget and we want to cut into that advertising budget so that they can do an apples to apples comparison of what they're doing now versus what we just did for them. Uh, because I believe that we're going to show a better result. 
Um, <clears throat> so it's PPC heavy. I'll talk about both sides of the business because there are two sides. So there's the personal injury side and then there is the non-personal injury side. So speaking to the personal injury side, uh, it's basically purely PPC where we go after uh, targets that are exhibiting a, a kind of fact-finding behavior. So they might be looking for uh, treatment options, diminished value on their vehicle. Um, they're asking the kinds of questions of Siri and Google that a person who's been in a car accident would ask. Um, they, might, they might be asking for the claims department, phone number, things of that nature. And we offer them up a portal where the portal says, hey, why don't you just talk to a law firm, um, click this button, and they'll tell you everything that you need to know. And so that works pretty well for the law firms. And then when it comes to the non-personal injury stuff, that is uh, another thing. If we could add a fourth thing that I learned from, uh, from, uh, from Seven Figure Agency, and that's to be as comprehensive as you can um, within your, your kind of range of, of ability. And so my strengths are PPC. And so that kind of cascades down into the team. And what we do is we do a PPC heavy campaign where in addition to that, we're going to, as a value add, we're going to add a uh, Google business page optimization, and we're going to create monthly content for you, which is going to get syndicated to your blog, your social media, and uh, obviously to your Google business page. Um, so as you work with us, you're going to get those quick wins right away, as you like to put it. But you're also going to, you know, in nine to 12 months from now, uh, you're going to see some leads come in that you didn't have to pay for. And your ROI is going to have a kink in it, right? It's going to shoot up. There's going to be an inflection point where it just makes perfect sense to work with us forever. And we become a utility. We become a light bill. And we're there to, to keep the money flowing. Um, now, when it comes to the PPC, it is about 80% Google and 20% social media. I guess I could say it's 70% Google. 20% social media, 10% retargeting like mm. through the display network and stuff like that. Um, but uh, very straightforward. We stay away from people that are on the lower end of the income spectrum uh, as best as we can these days um, because the targeting isn't what it was. Um, and we eliminate uh, searchers who are looking for things like free, pro bono, legal aid, cheap, affordable, $500, mm. things of that nature. Works very well. We tie that in a high level. A fifth thing that uh, we learned from you uh, or I learned from you specifically, is tied in a high level because that's really good software for them. Uh, we give that to them for free. I don't charge additionally for it. I show them how to use the, the opportunity movement uh, in high level so that the person in charge of monitoring them can kind of see what's going on and, and help the PPC manager double down on whatever platform is delivering results that month. Um, this also gives us a lay of the land and it allows us to go in and preemptively consult with the client. So we're, we're getting away from just being strictly marketing and we're kind of influencing other aspects of a campaign that would lead to an ROI. Love it. Love it. Can you give us an idea kind of price points? I know that you're on the higher side of the spectrum. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, the lowest price point right now would be uh, $2,500 uh, if you are, you know, let's say you're a solo and you're coming in, but you've got a budget, you've got experience, stuff like that. The higher side of the price spectrum, we're making anywhere from, uh, I think, 30-ish to uh, 35 to 40-ish grand. Um, if we averaged out our client base, it's actually averaging out to about 17500 per client, wow. um, which is sounds really high. Um, but when you look at the people on the edges of that, you know, uh, really pushing that average up, it, it makes a lot of sense. They're spending six figures a month with us, some of them. Love it. So would you say, like, that program package with the mm -hmm. higher price point has helped you to kind of accelerate the growth at, at the rate that you have? Oh, 100%. I mean, 
you have to you have to elevate your deliverable so that you can elevate your prices. Put it that way. Whatever you have to do to differentiate to, to, to differentiate yourself, you do that, and then you you add value on top of that. So speaking back to uh, the non personal injury people, you know, typically law firms they're still run like it's the 1970s, 1980s, right? So if you go in and you're generating leads, you can be sure that they're going to leave some money on the table. But if you're keeping them honest about follow-up and you're helping them with automations and things of that nature, so that all they have to do is follow your advice, it's a big win for them. Now, in addition to the PPC and the, the SEO that we're doing, we do some other value adds on top of that. So for example, one of the main complaints a lot of agency owners get is that, yes, I'm getting leads, but some of them can't afford me or some contingency of them uh, are looking for something discounted or whatever. So what I did was I went in and I made some partnerships with some lenders uh, and I said, hey, <clears throat> I want to make you part of our program. You're going to be on the back end and my clients can sign up with you optionally. It's an option for them because not all of them are going to want to do it. But what's going to happen is I want for my clients to be able to sell their services the way a car dealership sells a car, where they're going to get their retainer up front. They're going to get all their money up front and the client can pay you, the lender, back plus interest in payments over however many months you decide, 24 or 48 or whatever. And so what we have on the back end is for every client of ours has the ability to uh, sign up with lenders. They can actually uh, send a link to their potential client. That potential client can then... Uh, apply. All they need is a 500 credit score or better. It does not affect their credit to check on this. And then they will be given uh, lending options so that they can work with my clients. Um, and I get to see in my, you know, my, my partner-ish dashboard here, my affiliate dashboard, that my clients do use the service and that it does make a difference and an impact on their ROI. So being more of a solutions-oriented company is the difference uh, for us, at least. I love it. I think, you know, a common thread with you and other agencies that are having explosive growth is focus on the result, right? If, you, if you're not knocking it out of the park for the client, you can't justify charging high fees um, and yeah. innovation, right? It's not just, hey, here's like we do pay-per-click and some automation. It's really figuring out what you can bring to the table to make your offering stand out. Um, and there's obviously some innovative things you're doing that are making people choose you um, out of the, out of the, plethora of options within this competitive niche. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have a certain philosophy about it. Uh, I, uh, I tell my wife all the time, who is also my business coach slash therapist slash uh, boss. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, <clears throat> there are basically three, you know, kind of tiers of KPIs that we want to either control directly or influence indirectly. Um, and those are the cost per lead, the, the rate of contact and the, the rate of sale. So obviously as an agency, we have the most control and influence over the cost per lead, obviously. However, if we stop there, we're, we're an also ran. We're just like everybody else. And there's always somebody else offering some crazy, you know, if, if I'll get you 10 cases or it's free or something like that. Um, but if we dig a little bit deeper, there's something called a, a contact rate, right? <clears throat> and so what a lot of these law firms have is a dialer system. They've got a pool of like 25, 40 numbers, something like that. And uh, they have no idea whether or not these numbers are 
flagged as spam likely or not, or whether they're falling off of those lists, whether they're on those lists, they could have all 25 of those numbers on those lists. And that's going to affect their contact rate. You ask them and they have no idea. And there are, they all, most people don't know that there are so many different carriers out there, uh, not, not carriers, but uh, anti-spam companies that latch onto the carriers. So you've got Haya, mm-hmm. you've got Nomo Robo, um, and then you've got the internal carrier systems, AT&T, T-Mobile, et cetera. And what they're doing is they're using an algorithm to judge whether or not something is likely to be spam based upon how often calls are made and how often people are hitting the red button, uh, the length of those calls, whether or not people are hanging up mid-conversation, things of that nature. These are things that the, the law firms can't control, especially when they're high volume. Uh, but what we can do as agency owners is track that for them. So what we do is we, we take their, their phone number pool. And I have a partner company that comes in and uh, we, we have a dashboard with them. All of the numbers sit on that dashboard. I have a lay of the land every day. And what they do is they do remediation and mitigation of a spam likely. So there's a formal process where you fill out a form, almost the same way that you would do with, if your, your email was blacklisted. You guys say, hey, we're not spamming. Uh, or our phone number has been spoofed by somebody in, in Pakistan or, or India, and they, they're using it for something else that it's not intended for. Um, by doing that, we can get those numbers cleaned up, which affects the contact rate for my client. Now, if we have a higher contact rate, we're going to speak to more people, which is going to affect their ROI. Now, speaking about ROI, um, something that we just launched in Q2, which I'm super happy and excited about, is implementing AI to affect sales. So we're going to have the ability in probably by the end of the year to understand every conversation that our clients are having. Uh, the, the AI gets to listen to 100% of them. It can pick out, we'll, we'll treat it like a league, and it can pick out the Michael Jordan of that league, of that league, the one uh, person or the, the group of people that sell at a much higher rate than all of the other clients' uh, salespeople. We can take those conversations, we can train the AI to analyze that, pick out what's really going right about that, and then distribute a smart script to the rest of our client roster. The client roster will then, uh, as long as they have a Windows machine, be able to have a display of the smart script, what to say, what not to say, talk versus listen time. Uh, uh, it, the, the AI can listen for intent. It can listen for inflection in the voice. It can listen for anger. It can listen for happiness. And uh, most importantly, it can listen for objections. So the AI can hear an objection. And if the Michael Jordans of the league or if anybody uh, across our client roster has dealt with that objection before and has uh, overcome it, it will display a pop-up right on uh, an agent screen and say, hey, say this because it works. And what that's going to do is it's going to bring the the acquisition rate up for all of the clients and bring the, the cost of acquisition down for all of the clients. The goal is to bring every client uh, under uh, $600 per acquisition. And if you know anything about personal injury, it's a hundred, $200 sure. per click. Uh, so to bring them that number uh, per acquisition is, abs- it's absurd. Um, right now we have clients that are around 500 ish dollars per acquisition in personal injury, not heard of. Um, but we also have clients that are around 1100, which is still fantastic, but you know, I'm, I'm hitting, I'm going for home runs here. And I think AI is going to be the thing. So good. So I think there's if there's one thing for what you just said there, it's it's innovation, right? I mean, it's innovation and in coming to the market with a slightly different offer. So you stand out and it's innovation on the delivery. Like, what can we do to provide like next level results to our clients? So they would be crazy to leave us 
uh, and you're thinking about AI, you're thinking about automation, you're thinking about all kinds of strategies along those lines. Uh, give me a one in the comments, guys, if that makes sense, if that tracks, if you feel like, wow, there's some good insights there, at least with how you think about how you deliver these results to clients. Like get out of the mindset of just, I do a website, I do SEO, I claim the GMB, I drive some paid ads, right? Really think how can you innovate your offer um, to really stand out. Yeah, I would say stay with the client uh, if that makes a lot of if that makes sense to you. Um, uh, the client is going to be happy about their lead flow because we're all good agency owners. They're going to be happy about their cost per lead because we're all good agency owners. But what's next? What is the next thing that they they struggle with? Um, all of these ideas that I've come up with, they I, I didn't just wake up one day in a in a cold sweat thinking, oh yeah, yeah. It was well, this is the problem. So what would the solution be? Let me go out and find it for them. Because, you know, are they going to take the initiative to do that? No, they're just going to find the next shiny object that makes some crazy offer and, and go with that. And what really winds up happening is our industry takes a hit every time we fail to create something like really innovative or that solves that next problem. I don't even want to call it innovation. I want to call it solving the next problem. And there's always that next problem to either solve directly or influence indirectly. And I'm just a vessel for that. So good, right? You know, the, the kind of the, the fundamental of entrepreneurship is solving problems for a profit. And so look deeply at your clients, figure out where they're getting stuck, where it's not working and, and innovate and solve those problems. There's profit to be had on the other side of that. So, so good. So I want to shift gears a little bit. We talked about kind of what the program looks like, what the price points are. I think that's great and kind of gives us context. We know what the niche is. Going back to like when you first decided, okay, I'm going to go after this legal space. And you, you, like you said, you flipped the coin. What was the approach to land the first five clients? Because for a lot of the agencies are trying to break into the niche. Like what mm -hmm. worked for you to get those first couple of introductions and those first couple of wins? Yeah, sure. Uh, those first five clients all came from Facebook ads. Um, I just tried a bunch of stuff, spent a little bit of money um, and generated leads. Uh, luckily, there are a lot of what they call solos, uh, attorneys that are just one man operations, one woman operations that are hungry for lead flow and things of that nature. Uh, be, be aware that there are two sides of this whole lead generation game for lawyers. There, uh, a lot of them like to purchase leads. Um, and so they might confuse you with that. But, uh, if you put in the advertising that, uh, you know, it's, it's an, it's an advertising campaign and that that's how you're going to do it. Um, one of our most successful campaigns that we still run today is above the fold. When you click on that, on that ad, it says, stop chasing leads and start letting clients, you know, uh, chase you. Right. Mm. And, um, that kind of messaging is, it's good enough. I'm telling you. So do that, um, spend the money, spend the time and generate the appointments and then have those conversations. Those first five clients were all closed on that kind of Kevin nations, one call close kind of format. And looking back, I probably lost a lot of uh, opportunities to trying to get them to make a decision right away. Uh, but at the time, you know what? Honestly, I was I needed to close something anyway, so it needed to happen right then and there anyway. So so good. So Facebook ads, hey, we'll generate more leads to appointment, appointment to sales call, sales call. Where are you at right now? What's the goals? What's not working? Ask for the mm -hmm. business. Close the deal. Um, close the deal. So that, that's working. Like a, a lot of agents, like, I don't know, Facebook ads don't work. Uh, they absolutely can work in just about any niche, right? When you've got the right yeah. targeting, you've got the right message, um, don't try and take them through hundreds of hoops, like take them straight to your calendar 
and get some appointments, get some opportunities in play. Um, so now you've got this exponential growth. I mean, and now you're at over 330,000 in monthly recurring revenue. Obviously you're landing clients on a consistent basis. What's working best right now? Like what is it that's filling the funnel and getting these, um, these guys so excited about working with you? Sure. Um, because there are kind of two sides of it. I'll speak about both sides really briefly. Perfect. So the personal injury side, we have uh, seen tremendous traction over the past year with cold email. Um, what really helps cold email work is showing the results that you're delivering. And if you can show it, if you can actually name, you know, the client that you're delivering for makes a big difference. We are, we're, we're in a favorable position there where we don't have to compete with all the spam because our spam is really good spam in that um, we can name drop some of the biggest firms in the country and say, look, we're doing this for them. We're doing this for them. We're doing this for them. These are the results. We know the numbers don't look realistic, but they're happening. If you get on the phone with us, we'll show you behind the veil. And that gets the bigger firms really interested in us. If you can think of it, um, we probably, we probably hit their inbox and they probably opened it. And we're probably going to be doing that for the next six months until they say hello. Uh, when it comes to the non-personal injury side of it, uh, we're still running Facebook ads to a simple landing page. That landing page uh, asks for their contact information and their size and their revenue and whether or not they're spending money and what that budget is right now on advertising. Um, that goes directly to my SDR, who uh, also happens to be my brother. Sales <laughs> development rep, guys, for those of you that don't know. Uh, yeah, sales development rep. Uh, he, uh, he basically qualifies them, vets them, lets them know, Hey, we're not salesy. This is not a salesy organization. We only want the right fit here. And if it's not the right fit, maybe we can, uh, send you over to a colleague that might work a little bit better for you. And, uh, we do a qualification conversation where we try to understand what success looks like to them. We actually do that on both sides of the business, PI and non-PI It's what does success look like for you? Where do you want to be six months from now, 12 months from now? That's Intel. We use that Intel for the next call, uh, which right now I'm involved in, uh, which I'm trying to get myself out of on the non-personal injury side, uh, but would be, okay, so you said that these were your goals. Uh, I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm just going to show you what we do, who we do it for. And if you see yourself in that, let's talk. And I, we go over a presentation deck that displays everything really beautifully. Um, and then we transition over to a demo of high level. Then we transition over again to a, a spreadsheet that plugs in projections for that client. Um, I got this directly from Josh Koenigsberg. So he gets all the credit here. Um, shout out again to Josh Koenigsberg, um, where we say, okay, this is what you wanted. You, you said you wanted to add 12 cases a month. You're gonna, you want, uh, you want each, each case to represent, let's say $5,000 minimum lifetime value. That's, uh, seven, that's uh, 72 cases a year, right? Um, that's 72 cases a year. You're going to have to spend 10% of the target revenue to achieve it. Do you understand this? Yes. Okay. Let's move over. Okay. So here's what our current cost per lead is across the, the roster for your, your practice area. Uh, your close rate is, you say your close rate is 40%. I know that's a lie. We're going to bring that down about 15, 20% um, so that we can stay conservative and under promise and over deliver for you. We're going to plug in that budget and then everything else kind of auto populates cascades down and they can understand what the potential ROI is going to be. I then go back to high level and I show them. So I know that I told you that for every $5 you spend here, you're going to see a, a 20 and a five come back or $30 come back. Now, let me show you here. You see this client, here's their pipeline. 
Here's how much they've closed. Here's how little they've lost. Do you understand now? This is actually a real thing. Um, do you see yourself as an operational lookalike to this firm that I'm showing you? And if the answer is yes, they've already sold themselves. Now we get to decide if we want them or if we do not. Love it. Love it. So, so good. So when it comes to the, and, and lots of great insights there and kind of sales process and how you're positioning this, thanks for sharing guys. Yes. In the comments that that was valuable just to think about psychologically how he positions this and, and positions the ROI. But it sounds like the, the main strategies today are cold outreach with a case study lead. Like, Hey, we just got this client, this result. Would you like us to show you how we did it? And, um, and Facebook ads, right? Running Facebook ads, um, to like some type of, of VSL type strategy. Is that is that fair to say? That is exactly correct. I, I wish I could be as succinct as you. <laughs> no, man. I'm just <laughs> I'm just recapping that that that's amazing. Do you do you do any type of positioning work? So you know, at this point, like anything with webinars or interviews or you know, content production. Uh, yeah. So that is actually in the works. That is something that I've always been in the shadows, delivering results. But now that we've got unicorn level stuff, it's time to get out of that and uh, show that off. And so as of literally right now, we're, uh, I've hired a new junior marketing associate from RepStack. Shout out to RepStack for uh, having great people. And <clears throat> we are building the case study funnel uh, and the webinar funnel. So I will be doing monthly webinars uh, and doing a lot of teaching, a lot of operational uh know uh, know how and, and quote unquote secrets of you know multi-million dollar law firms that happen to be my clients and uh i'm going to be doing videos having those videos cut up uh placed all around the internet once you've kind of reached one of my assets i won't be able to get away from you won't be able to get away from me i'm going to be the josh nelson of my uh, my industry very soon love it so so you know from 30k to 300k predominantly direct response advertising yeah yep. hold outreach you're still doing the sales calls. Um, yep. That's phenomenal, man. Really, really cool to hear. Really cool to see. I can't wait to see like kind of how the next piece of this from a positioning perspective even continues to take things further and faster. Um, when, it, when it comes to retention now, we talked about how you're getting clients and kind of what the niche is and how you position yourself. Um, these are high ticket, high competitive clients. Like, Tell us some mm -hmm. of the things you're doing in order to retain the clients and to keep the retention rates um, at bay. Yeah, sure. So the first and third Monday of every month, uh, I have an executive assistant who uh, has a Trello board, which we got from Seven Figure Agency uh, with all of the different clients. We have a we use a simple green light, yellow light, red light system. So she goes in, she looks at their high level. She says, hello, Josh, uh, just checking in. It looks like we generated these many leads on this on this kind of cost. Um, and then she will tell them you generated this much in revenue based upon what you inputted here. If they're not really using it, then we just tell them you spent this much and you generated these many leads. How are things going? How many did you sign? Do you have any sticking points? Is there anything we can help you with, et cetera? Just showing that you care really keeps them around. And a lot of the time they're just like, hey, I'm, I'm super happy. I'm cool. Um, we're, we're, we're in a position, we're in the favorable position where um, if you deliver good results on the front end and you care throughout, you're already very different from like 90% of the agencies that are out there who are just trying to get a couple dollars and keep you under a contract for a long time and, and, and things of that nature. So um, when clients do have problems or sticking points or there's a, a technological screw up on this end, which can happen or a campaign gets paused on accident, 
Uh, they've been super cool with that. They've been okay with it. They say, Hey, you know what? You don't need to refund me. Just double down, you know, next month. It's fine. Um, and that comes down to, I think the relationship that I build with my clients. And, uh, the reason that I don't have a success manager just yet is <clears throat> because I really want somebody to convey that, that value, uh, to my clients. And that it's, it's not about us. It's about them and that we're here for them and we're, that we're here to serve them. Um, so yeah, retention has just kind of taken care of itself and that we, we imply that this is working by saying, Hey, we did this much for this much and, uh, you're, you're, you're closing and you're, you're seeing a good ROI, but is there anything else we can help you with? And the answer is usually no, I'm solid. Thanks. So good. And so is that, is that something you do live with the client on zoom? Is it mm -hmm. something where you send a video recap? Mm -hmm. Like what's the typical scenario there just, just to kind of fill mm -hmm. in that gap? Yeah, it's actually a simple email. Um, and so what we do is in the email, there is a, a link to my calendar. It's my check-in calendar. So uh, we call it, you know, the, the priority calendar, but it's really just, you know, part of my, my Calendly. Um, but if they do have a sticking point issue, they can just get on that, tell me what the issue is, and then we can send down a, a fix for that. It doesn't get used that often, but it just seems to matter to them that we checked in every couple of weeks. Um, one thing that did come out of it is that we learned that the client, like we learn how the clients are winning and that sometimes winning does create new problems. Right. And so, uh, another value add that we have for the clients is what I call, uh, net, the NetFly sales framework. Mm. And so I'll give you an example here. We have a client in, uh, Tacoma, Washington, like the Seattle area, they do immigration and divorce. And you know, we did the presentation, they saw themselves in it, they wanted to do it, they signed up, great. And one month in, they get so many leads, they get so much going into the pipeline, they're like, yeah, the problem is it's a lot. Uh, 10 days later, they come back and they say, hey, this is, uh, this is salesperson, salesperson has been hired to handle the lead flow, uh, based on, you know, the conversation that we had in the check-in. And if you could bring them into the high level situation and train them up using the NetFly sales framework, we would really appreciate that. And uh, now they're, you know, they're still pumping away, but now they have a person that replaced the person that originally signed up. Love it. Super cool. So it's, it's an email. Hey, here's the results. You need it. If you need any context, if you want to schedule, schedule in. They don't feel like they have to hop on. There's no hard pressure, uh, but yeah. they know the results are there and they know that they've got access to you when needed. Um, yeah. Here, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Here are your results. Here's a link if you want to talk about it or, or if there's an issue with the uh, lead quality. Otherwise, we'll leave you alone. Um, I would say that the lawyer niche is really particular about their time. Yeah. And so um, they can be pretty flaky even when they don't mean to be. Right. I think I think that's an important distinction, like understanding your vertical, uh, understanding the value of the time of the client that you're actually dealing with day to day um, and, and recognizing some of them would prefer a recap email. Some of them would recap video. Um, it doesn't always have to be this, you know, hey, we're going to meet for 30 minutes and you have to be there. Otherwise, you're not a good client because sometimes the happiest clients don't want to meet. Right. And as long as they're yeah. informed and they know that you care and they know that you're delivering the results. Yeah, I've got clients that I haven't heard from in five years. Yep. I got a couple of those, yeah. So uh, something I want to drill down on uh, is you, you've got the lead generation going with paid search. You've got that dialed in. You've got the automations with high level where you're moving them in the pipeline, helping them actually convert the opportunities. 
Um, what percentage of the clients actually like use high level and, and are interfacing in the pipeline versus, hey, just generate the leads and we're going to do it in our own system? Yeah, I'd say probably like one in five or one in six clients are actually using high level. Okay. Um, the reason for that is, again, the industry already has so many different software providers and stuff like that that have descended upon it. Um, there are some pretty popular uh, CRMs out there, Clio, Lexicata, Praxis, Practice Panther, yep. uh, Lead Docket, uh, Litify, which is a version of Salesforce, Salesforce itself. Um, so it's, it's pretty common for uh, them to have something. Now, what we do is we just we implement redundancy. I want to know what's going on myself personally. So even if you never use go high level, I would just like to know that we're generating leads, uh, that we're generating value. And when you do mention uh, a client type or a client or a, a, a source, we can go back, we can have a conversation about it. And I can say, oh, well, did you mean Jane Smith over here? Or what are you talking about? Like, yeah, Jane Smith, how do you know that? Like, well, we're using my software instead of yours. I don't need to be plugged in. Um, but through Zapier, we can literally, uh, another selling point is, hey, if you guys already have something implemented, we can drop all of our leads into your CRM attributed to us uh, automatically. We can, for redundancy sake, create a Google spreadsheet that we share with you. For more redundancy sake, drop an email to a, uh, a lead bucket, like your intake bucket, if you have it. We can do it all in real time automatically. Um, and even if your CRM is custom built, which some law firms do have, we can drop it in there through a through an API. So good. So do you drop all inbound calls that you generate and web forms onto the pipeline as an inquiry then? Yes. Yes, okay. we do. Um, we use a tracking number for that. And um, yeah, high level is actually really useful for that sort of thing. hundred percent. Yeah. And then for the, for the, one in five, the lion's share, and that's the same for us, right? Like we run, yeah. we run the system in the perfect world. They've got their dispatcher in there moving things yeah. around. It's not a perfect world, right? They don't do it. Um, do you have someone on your team listening and kind of like, hey, this one actually they, they scheduled, right, and move it forward? Or you just kind of leave it to their discretion? I'm just curious. No, we leave it to their discretion. Um, it's probably too much work uh, right now for us to get on get top of that, that, right? It'd be a lot of calls to listen to yeah. and a lot of pipeline management. However, uh, that does bring us back to the conversation about how AI can help this industry and how it's going to help us, which is it'll, it will allow uh, a machine to listen to everything at scale. So something that would take a human being hours and hours to do, the machine is just constantly doing it. So not only will we know whether things are being uh, scheduled and stuff like that, we'll know whether or not that receptionist is having a bad day, which mm. can totally happen. Um, so that's the kind, and that is the kind of stuff that kills ROI that at the end of the day, us as, us as agency owners, we get held responsible for, right? So, um, that goes back to influencing, not just the KPI or not just the, the cost per lead, uh, KPI pillar, but the contact rate pillar and the, the, the close rate pillar. Yeah, no doubt. I know a lot of what you're doing with AI is proprietary and you're like, this is something you're innovating on your end. Um, so does it actually kind of like take the inbound calls that would come through tw like Twilio and then mm -hmm. transcribe them? And that's how it's then like mm -hmm. using that or like, can, what, like, what can you share without spilling the beans? I don't want to ask you to share yeah, anything. Sure. You, you don't want to. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah. I mean, that's actually how that software, that's how it has to work right now. So um, it's actually the most efficient way to do it also. Um, so it, uh, it listens to the call. It, it, uh, it depends on the, 
I guess the the carrier or the VoIP provider for the law firm, right? So if they're using Vonage, Twilio, uh, if they're using a, a dialer system like uh, PhoneBurner or Allaware, something that is harnessing those. Um, each of those different providers have different codecs. So you have to go in and you have to create listening for each kind of provider, just kind of a, it's also like a little technical nerdy uh, preface to that. Um, but what it does is it's uh, listening, then transcribing, then it's analyzing it as text. It's much easier right now for bots and, and AIs to analyze text than it is to analyze uh, vocals. Voice, yeah. Um, yeah, and what it's also doing is it's, you know, it's pulling out key moments or what we're doing is we're training it over like a three month period to understand what a key moment is, right? Because it doesn't know, it's just, it's stupid at the beginning. Uh, but you're training and saying, this is a key moment. This is an inflection point. This is a, a sale. This is a, a deal breaker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And once it kind of learns that from that sample group, it can then distribute, it, it, it's learned. Now it can be a teacher and now it can say, okay, do this, do that, because I know what these moments, I know what that moment is. I recognize that moment and here's how to handle that moment. I recognize that you're talking more than you're listening. And if you talk about at a 62% rate and you listen at that 38% rate, it's going to be, you're more likely to have a sale than if you do all the talking, et cetera. Love it. Love it. I love the, the kind of the thought process around trying to figure this out and solve it while it's on the cutting edge. Uh, I think yeah. it's going to give you a very compelling story to tell the prospects. You know, like, hey, look, not only are we generating leads and leveraging automation, but we're also, you know, have this innovative thing that we're doing where we can look across our entire client base and listen to the calls and figure out what the best scripting is and the best answers to these questions. And we can do it all yeah. through AI. Uh, I think it's going to be a compelling story that's also going to drive oversized results for the clients. Absolutely. I, I would say right now is the best time to dabble in this and try to understand it and get involved in it. Because if you have something proprietary to your agency right now, you have such a massive head start. 99% of these agencies are going to wait for somebody to create a product that they can then bootstrap onto what they're doing. Um, if you do the work of trying to understand it, partnering up with people that are way smarter than you and can help you with that, um, you're going to have a head start in terms of your AI doing a better job than somebody else's AI potentially, uh, because it has, it's, it's a head start and it's within your own ecosystem. You've trained it specifically for you. It, it could be a game changer for you if you get involved in technologies that are emerging as they're emerging, I believe. So good. Type boom in the comments if you're watching this and it's like, okay, yes, this is a next level thought and something something to really, really um, dive into. Um, on the topic of AI, like when you think about your agency for clients as well as outside, how are you leveraging AI in your in your agency right now? Yeah, so right now, <laughs> right now, uh, the, the, the easiest thing that we can do is use a uh, GPT. Uh, we're not using the, uh, the Jarvis tools and stuff like that. We are using GPT to create uh, what's what's the word like uh, like bullet lists and things like that. And then I have a human writer take that bullet list of you know ten things to know or do or whatever, and uh, they actually have to create something all by themselves based upon what the what the AI has uh, what's the word summarized. So yeah. summarize. So we can actually take like other content from another site, or we can uh, create a listicle. Or we can, um, you know, 
take a, a Brian Dean like skyscraper method, you know, approach where it's like we want to have the biggest skyscraper, you know, on that page. We want that, we want the biggest piece of content. We can use GPT to load up on ideas where uh, instead of having like writer's block and all this other stuff or uh, trying to plagiarize or, or whatever, we're just like, all right, give us the ideas, uh, give us a, a summary like I'm five years old. Okay, now let's implement a human being and let's go ahead and elaborate on it, pull some research into it, um, and then apply that. And so I have uh, a, on the, on the company side, I have an SEO manager and a content creator. They work together. The content creator works basically answers to the SEO manager. And so he says, this is what I need. Content starts with uh, GPT. And then she kind of creates a, uh, an outline or a workflow. She says, is this going to be good? He says, yes. Then she manually creates it. And then that gets uploaded. And that's actually how we have our content. If you go to my website, I don't do any writing. Um, she does all of it. And then he, you know, uh, does all the linking and all that other stuff. So, so good. Great stuff. So you know, we've talked about kind of how you land clients. We've talked about the program. We've talked about how you've innovated and how you're continuing to innovate. Um, we've talked about what you do to retain and kind of what the client communication flow looks like. Um, operationally, going from 30 to 300,000 plus in MRR um, mm -hmm. with a team of 12, like what's yep. your team structure look like and how do you, how do you manage the operation for scale? Sure. Um, well, luckily for me, it's been a, a revenue scale and not a logistical client mm. scale, right? Because right. Um, I've been able to take existing clients and raise their budgets. But we do have like two halves of the, of the business. So it's kind of redundant. But um, on the client side, we have, uh, we have an IT person um, who does a lot of like custom development for the clients, which is actually a huge value add that we didn't talk about. But, um, you know, taking two pieces of, of software, like say uh, a dialer system and their CRM and making them interact with each other is another value add that makes you very sticky because you basically own the IP and it's your Zapier account and stuff like that. Mm. But um, we have an IT guy, we have a SEO slash Google business page person. We have a PPC person whose job it is, is to go in and create new ideas and, uh, you know, experiments. And he basically creates a spreadsheet of all these new ideas, competitors, uh, he does competitive intel. He says, what if we did this? What if we did that? And uh, we have uh, the luxury of uh, having Instapage, which is a fantastic landing page software, which allows us to experiment and personalize. And so uh, he's kind of in charge of that. We also have a phone concierge, something that I didn't talk about. So um, we, we dial all of our clients uh, leads for them on the personal injury side. We leave actually the BDC stuff alone, but we focus on the personal injury where um, all of our clients' leads get pushed into our dialer's bucket. And then we have a person that does concierge work uh, about mm. eight or nine hours a day. He's just calling down leads for our clients. Now, um, in league with the IT guy, what we can uh, create for the client, if they, if they have the patience for it, if they have the desire for it, is some, I guess we could call it like uh, dynamic follow-up, if you will, or dynamic concierge work, where um, every day we get a, a spreadsheet or a readout from the client of the statuses of their existing leads. So let's say yesterday you got a hundred leads and 40 of them you're still chasing, 40 of them you rejected, 20 of them you signed, or we'll, I'll just use that as an example. So if every day that's updating, then we should update our dialer system to make it more efficient. We don't wanna call people that you've already eliminated. So what we can do is just go ahead and upload that back into the dialer. And so now we're doubling the effort on the, on the, on the leads that were left over 
from the period before so that your team can move forward on today's work and we can look backward on yesterday's work and try to help you follow up. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, those four people and then uh, I guess you could say above them or aligned with me is the executive assistant. So her job is really a runner across all the departments to get people what they need. So that's the client side on the on the organizational side or on the business side. Um, I have my new junior marketing assistant who answers to uh, my marketing manager and my SDR uh, eventually. Um, and then above them will be a director of sales who will only answer to me. So what's going to happen is sales is going to be in charge of it's, it's kind of a different model than most companies. But um, sales is going to be above marketing in the org chart. So we mm -hmm. want I want marketing to serve the sales team to make sure you're you're driving the sales activity they need yeah i want them aligned vertically on the org chart i don't want them fighting with each other about the leads are good no but the sales are bad and, and all this other stuff it's like this is the kind of lead that we're looking for can we get it what are we what do we need to do to get this kind of lead what kind of resources etc i have a operational budget um i have like an actual you know credit card that um is tied to the business that um you know, I put enough money on it so that, you know, it doesn't get out of control, but if somebody needs to do something, they have the flexibility to do it, <clears throat> excuse me, within certain parameters. Um, and then there's in the middle of that, obviously there is a bookkeeper and then there's room for a controller. And then above all of that would be me. Um, so yeah, eventually I would like for a COO to be involved. And then I'm just above the COO. The COO can handle all the daily <laughs> stuff and and day, I, right you could just do austin yeah, right i can keep doing uh my thinking yeah love it man powerful powerful stuff some great insights here congratulations on your growth um and and really love your thought process and how intentional you are with all of the different areas of the business in terms of how you're serving the clients and delivering results and kind of scaling your team and your operations um guys if you have a question we've probably got a couple minutes left before we wrap up if you have a question drop it in the comments right now um, as we as we look to to wrap up, um, if you have one piece of wisdom for that agency owner, that's you know where they're at, and they're looking to get to the next level. Maybe they're at thirty k or fifty k, and they're just trying to figure out how to break through. Mm -hmm. uh, what wisdom would you share? Um, you need to ask yourself the right questions to like to really get to the next level. You need to start asking yourself the right questions. Uh, you're not doing this for money, so why are you doing this? Um, what you're going to find is that money is the byproduct of of all the work that you're doing. Um, but, you know, a lot of us were doing this because we want to matter in, in our industry. We, we want to make an impact on something. Um, I, I think we all have an innate uh, desire to make an impact on everybody else. I mean, it's what you're doing. Uh, nobody asked you to go out and build seven figure agency and, and do this great work that you're doing, uh, but you're driven, man. You could have stopped a long time ago. You know, um, if it was about money, you could stop a long time ago. Uh, if it was about money, I could rest on my laurels right now and say, yeah, we're good. I'm going to lean back. I'm going to sell it, whatever. Um, I want to be the man. I want to be, I want to be the best that ever did it. I want to be the Kobe Bryant. I want to be the Michael Jordan of it. Uh, and then when I write that final book, it's, it's a, it's a Holy Grail type of book. You know, it's the kind of book that you keep clean. Um, so that's my reason for doing it. I also, you know, I want my family to have <clears throat> certain, uh, privileges that, you know, I didn't grow up with and, and things like that. I've got a kid, so that's cool. Um, so really ask yourself why you're doing this. That is going to motivate a lot of everything else. Everything that I'm talking about comes down to 
to me answering those questions and only you can answer those questions. Why are you doing this? Why does it matter? Why do you want to matter to this industry? What are you willing to, to do in exchange? Uh, are you willing to pay that cost? If you're willing to pay that cost in advance, forget about it. It's, it's, I won't say it's easy, uh, but it is simple. It's a very simple situation. You do it and you get rewarded. So good, man. What a powerful insight. What a powerful way to close this interview. Austin, cannot wait to see what you accomplish in the next 12 months. Congratulations on what you've accomplished so far. Congratulations on being the fastest growing agency in the seven-figure agency this past year. Um, guys, be sure to find Austin on Facebook, tag him, thank him, share some love for his abundance mentality coming on and sharing what he's doing, what's working, how he's done all of this. Uh, we will put a pin in it there. Austin, any last, last words as we, as we wrap up? Uh, third and final shout out to Josh Koningsberg. Why not? For good measure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Josh Koningsberg, uh, man, you like has has you know really shared, and he's got a spirit yeah, to absolutely. share. So I'm glad you've you've mentioned him a bunch of times. Josh, yeah. we appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you, also, man. Um, you you've done fantastic work. Um, shout out to Josh Koningsberg, Jacob Tuwiner, uh, everybody else. I'm I'm going to forget. Uh, Josh Nelson, Yusinia Nelson, everybody. You guys have been fantastic. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you for putting this together, man. Um, you are the catalyst to so much growth and you've helped so many people accomplish so much, uh, to be a small part of that on this podcast. It's, it's an honor, man. It's, it's a great thing. So good it. stuff. Well, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to post your follow-up comments in the, in the chat here. We will be watching for the comments and we'll do our best to answer them. Uh, be sure to tune in for future interviews just like this by going to sevenfigureagency.com slash podcast. Um, add us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you love best. Uh, that's it for today. Austin, thanks again. And we'll see you guys later. Thank you. Have a good one, guys.